Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union could help you to earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you can start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Navy Federal also offers equity loan options to help you get the funds you need to consolidate high-interest debt, work on home improvements, or cover any of life's big expenses. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, their members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required. Terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're talking unethical Costco customers, payday lending on steroids, and are you rich? That's right, buddy. This is our Friday flight. We're going to talk about the best personal finance stories, or even like the tangentially related personal finance stories. Those are the ones we're talking about today. Happy. We'll, uh, we'll coerce it into being a finan- yeah. uh, personal finance ha- story. Happy Friday before the Super Bowl, everybody. Ha- uh, happy Super Bowl Eve Eve. Woohoo. Joel, I know you're excited <laughs> to see your Chiefs. No. Have you adop- adopted them as your, your team? Mm, I mean, if my father in law is listening, yes, yes, you, of course I have. You and uh, everybody else? I will. No. I will root for them because my father-in-law is a fan has been a fan for a long time but i really don't care let's be honest yeah i don't i'm actually kind of embarrassed at how little i care <laughs> like it almost feels uh, like annoying because folks are like oh i don't even care about like i kind of feel that's that's sort of how i am but it, it really doesn't hold much like much weight for us like yeah. we might turn it on just from like the cultural standpoint with t swift possibly making Ugh. like will she make it there on time or won't she that's what i care about the least uh, actually, i'd rather watch the football than that there are evidently there are a ton of different prop bets going around as to what like what it is she's going to wear what's the color of her lipstick <laughs> uh, or what shade yeah that kind of stuff will she cry if uh, travis kelsey <laughs> catches a touchdown or the chiefs win the super bowl will he propose to her after the <laughs> right yeah uh, these are the these are the things i don't care about well the, i will say like that's you and i we've talked about sports gambling on on the show we're not in favor of it and i think it's one thing to go to vegas once a year to spend a grand or something like that and can call it part of your entertainment budget it's another thing to have it 
like in your pocket all day every day tempting you to mm-hmm. spend and waste money that's it's, where it becomes insidious yeah and it like works its tendrils into your psyche yeah, into and, your and being how how much of a nation of degenerates are we when we're gambling <laughs> about what color lipstick taylor Swift is going to wear or like yeah. th- those prop bets just make me think that that the gambling and gambling on your uh, on your phone at your fingertips it's even has gone even okay. more haywire so this is what's so crazy about that the fact that there are so many of those bets it's fascinating because you would think that the folks out there who are swifties who are fans of taylor swift that they're not the ones betting in my mind at least the typical taylor swift fan isn't somebody who's also gambling on their phone doing (laughs) sports betting so what it is because they're preteens what that tells me (laughs) what that tells me is that it's the folks who are into normal sports betting who are also like divergent and and now becoming obsessed with this it just tells me that they're really into gambling that could be if that's more ladies watching the nfl these days and maybe those ladies are also seeing the the billionth FanDuel commercial (laughs) and they're like oh cool now i'll get on there and bet on other stuff too i don't know and i'm not sure how easy it is to make these kind of prop bets but all i know is stay away from gambling this weekend enjoy the game if you want to I'll probably I'll, I think I'm going to watch some of it maybe the first half at least yeah, um, and if it's a good game I'll for, stick with it culturally speaking I feel like I might what is it even on I don't know is it going to be on like ABC or something like oh, that oh I don't even know yet I don't I'll, even know I'll, either that's the I'll, thing I'll figure it out I'll, we'll try, I'll find a way to main... get it on just from a cultural standpoint yeah. just to see what's going on and I think the spectacle I think it's also streaming on Paramount Plus and you can get a free one month subscription to stream it so oh, there you I go. Think, pretty sure but let's move on, Matt. Let's uh, get to the to, real money stories. Joel. That's right. To the real <laughs> stuff. This was just fodder at the beginning. Uh, all right. Let's let's get on to the Friday flight. We talk about DIY investing regularly, right? This is we do kind of something we think most people can accomplish without the need of an expensive financial advisor and picking retirement funds. It's it's not one size fits all necessarily, right? Like you can't just be like, oh, this one fund makes sense for every single person on the history of the planet at all times. Not necessarily so. It depends on a bunch of different things, but it's also not rocket science, right? Like you don't have to be some sort of like Wall Street suit with like a multi hundred thousand dollar a year salary in order to make good investing choices. Yeah, you didn't need to be reincarnated as Munger right, uh, with right. his mind. <laughs> yeah, if only though, right? Uh, but personalized retirement plans, or what's also known as managed accounts, are kind of in vogue right now. Uh, they're expanding to 401ks across the country, but they come with a cost. So you might start to see this option available to you in your own 401k, but those higher costs of picking the managed account are going to eat into your returns. And interestingly enough, Matt, a lot of managed accounts tend to look really similar to the ridiculously cheap target date fund you could have purchased off the rack instead. It's like it's like it's like Nordstrom rack, right? It's like you go there and you get a much cheaper than going to the real Nordstrom. I guess that's what I'm told. And you're like, wait a minute, this suit looks just like right. the one that was made for me bespoke. It's just you know thirty uh, percent of the cost of the of the the nice one, and that's according to to new data from this company called Aon. Basically, they looked into a lot of these managed accounts and they found. Wait a second. They're almost the exact same thing as a target date fund. You're just paying a lot more for the privilege. So you're likely going to hear these pitches for these accounts in the near future if you haven't already. But your likely response should be, no thanks, because they are a solution, in my opinion, in search of a problem that target date funds seem to have already solved. That's right. Stick with the funds out there that are charging very little uh, when it comes to expense ratios. Uh, Anything from the free to the 0.03, maybe all the way up to like 0.3, even 0.5% if you're getting into something a little more specialized. But beyond that, uh, we wouldn't recommend for you to shy away from those funds. Those target date funds might go 0.12, 0.15, but still, that's reasonable in comparison to what you're going to pay with the managed account. Exactly. Yeah. So actually, this is a good time to issue another warning about investing in single stocks. 
I don't know, perhaps even worse than managed accounts. <laughs> we typically advise against armchair stock picking, and we've got a good example here for you. 23andMe. You've heard of 23andMe, Joel, right? Yeah. I haven't uh, actually tested it out, though, because I'm pretty sure my heritage is Norwegian. I don't really need to look. Well, there's like other like genetic kind of stuff, and you can learn stuff about your family. Actually, it's really funny. We were joking with some neighbors of ours, and we've been talking about getting 23andMe for Kate and uh, his wife, because evidently their parents are um, from the same small town. Oh, in, really? In West Virginia. Oh, that's so we keep joking that they're like long lost half sisters. <laughs> something like 24th that. cousins, however yeah. that works out. But everyone has heard of 23andMe. With it being so ubiquitous, the company should be pretty valuable. It should be worth investing in, right? Well, no. That's that's totally wrong. <laughs> the stock was worth $6 billion a few years back, and now it's worth next to nothing. It's, it's literally a penny stock. It's down 98%, and it might actually get, uh, get delisted from the NASDAQ. And they've apparently gotten out over their skis and attempts to develop new offerings. They've, they're creating new drugs, which is evidently difficult and expensive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, they're just burning through a whole lot of cash. But it, it doesn't even matter. Like uh, We don't need to dive into their specific problems because, remember, even a good product that you're familiar with, that doesn't mean it's a good enough reason to invest in that particular yeah. company. Or a company you believe in, and well, they've got something new that you think is going to actually bring them a lot more subscribers or revenue. It makes me think of like a company like Disney. And if you look at Disney stock, man, it's been basically, if you had invested five years ago in Disney stock, you would still be underwater on that stock today, despite them launching Disney Plus, despite all the Marvel movies and stuff yeah. like that. You would think, oh man, this is going to bring a lot of profitability, and therefore, I'm going to make money by investing in that stock. And guess what? I'm familiar with Disney. Moana 2 in November is going to be the jam. And I think those are the kind of things that often uh, appeal to people from a single stock investing perspective, uh -huh. but most of the time, it ends up in misery. Maybe you were the lucky person who said- You're just speculating. Oh, NVIDIA four years ago. Um, but for the most part, single stock investing is- going to lead you astray and you're going to miss out most of the time on the big winners if we had perfect foresight i mean yeah we could Hindsight's all invest in the big winners but it's easier said than done yeah okay so speaking of disney evidently is it march 14th they're going to start cracking down on password sharing oh that's right disney espn plus hulu so they're all following netflix's lead when it comes to uh, limiting who it is that you can share <laughs> share your password with. If I'm banking on their profitability, that is one thing I will say is oh, you, probably going to lead. So? Well, well it, it worked for Netflix. It worked for Netflix, but I'm actually, I am a little more skeptical because I think Netflix had first mover advantage, ah. right? Everyone's sharing, and then all of a sudden you've got one of these streamers, and they're like, hey, by the way, you're going to have to start paying, and you're thinking... That's okay. No big deal. I split five streaming services with like two of my friends and my parents. <laughs> and so like if I have to pay for one of those, that's fine. But as more streamers start coming on board and start limiting who, like what it is that you can share, like you're going to get to a certain point to where you're going to say no more. That's I am right. not willing. Uh, or maybe you're just like, I don't have time to, to watch all of these different services. And so you start eliminating in, in this way. I feel like Netflix is kind of a brilliant move for them to go ahead and do that. Like you put yourself out there. You because, draw some of the ire. Yeah, because a lot of folks were like, what the heck? But I mean, I think everybody knew that it, that it was coming. And now everybody else is trying to follow suit. And I would not be surprised if the share price specifically of Disney, since they own ESPN Plus and whatnot, that they won't see a as much of a significant yeah, increase. You're probably right. But, More people are likely to ditch them because the, now there are a lot of people are paying for we'll a Netflix account that they didn't used to have to pay for. And they're like, can I can I take on another streaming? But that being said, monthly streaming service Disney, payment. Like, I feel like if there's any service that any 
parent of children is going to keep is it's going to be Disney. Yeah, that's the one. one. That's the one. Yeah. All right. So, um, but just yeah, definitely a warning against investing in single stocks is something we talk about regularly. And what, well, actually, Matt, let's we're going to bring on a friend though who does invest in single stocks in the near future on the show because I want to hear his perspective. That's we, right. We always want to hear how, and he's very thoughtful about it. So um, I guess it's just the armchair. Oh, cool. Let me invest in the stock that I'm semi familiar with or the brand I like that can lead you astray and potentially help you lose a lot of money. Um, All right, let's talk about economic outlooks. There's been this conundrum in American life, and it's extended to our finances, Matt. For some reason, despite solid economic data, basically everywhere we turn, Americans seem to believe that the economy isn't in good shape. Uh, the, The belief doesn't necessarily match up with reality in a whole lot of segments of our economy. And so even though uh, the interesting thing is most Americans will say that they themselves are actually doing quite well. The, an Axios poll found that 63% of Americans rate their current financial situation as being good, including 19% who say it's very good. So the majority say, I'm doing great. But then another recent survey found that 76% of Americans rated economic conditions as negative. So they say, I'm doing great, but the economy sucks, which is kind of a weird juxtaposition, mm-hmm. right? That you would believe both those things at the same time. It's kind of uh, like politics where someone's like, oh, I hate politics, but I like my representative. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> they bring the pork home. Everyone's right? got like that home, I don't know, hometown bias. I, yeah. don't, I don't know what you call that. I think that's right. And I think that's that's what's going on here. Um, but yeah, most folks, for some reason, think that they're crushing it when everyone else isn't. And you know, the overwhelmingly negative feelings uh, are persist despite these personal claims of, I'm doing great. And they're at odds with each other, I think. But as David Brooks wrote in The Atlantic this week, he said, uh, doomsaying can be a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I think we just live in a culture now where doomsaying is is the norm and everyone's participating in it. That's true. Okay, so there was another study from Bloomberg that reinforced this in a massive way, specifically the sort of disconnect between how it is that folks are doing and what their perceived reality is. Uh, So they surveyed 1,000 objectively rich Americans. We're talking about folks who are earning more than $175,000. And at least a quarter of those folks identified as either very poor, poor, or getting by, but things are tight. (laughs) Can you imagine making that much money and saying, I'm very poor? It's crazy. I mean, Bloomberg, they, they say that the vast majority of these folks, they actually own a home. They've got a good job. They've got solid savings for retirement. Like, essentially, they're living the American dream, but for whatever reason, it just doesn't feel like it, at least to them. And so that should lead to the question, like, why is that? And I think there's a lot that's been written about how maybe it's media. I mean, I think we're pretty big believers that social media is oftentimes leading to traditional and social media yeah yeah well and social media from the standpoint not only of comparison right um whether it's comparing yourself to others not only in real life but also online and that is so easy to do when it comes to to social media i think that has a large part to do with it and i'll even confess that the social media impact on me personally like i think for me it has less to do with the actual comparison part of it right like it's not like i see some guy driving a sports car like online and i think Ooh, I want that. Gimme, gimme. <laughs> Although for me, it's probably like, oh, look at that sweet gym that that guy's building out in his garage. <laughs> but I don't think it's the comparison as much as it is the distraction. Hmm. It's the fact that there's always something there that keeps us. It keeps our eyes off of what is actually before us. The things that truly do bring about a fulfilling life, whether it's the people or the things we have. Like literally, we can just keep this isolated to possessions. Like think about all the great stuff you have. Think about the awesome home that you have. And when we don't take the time to appreciate those things because we're constantly distracted, like we're constantly being entertained, I think that can oftentimes lead to this sort of feeling of, yeah, 
we're just getting by. Yeah. We, we, we barely have enough to make it. Well, no, like take a step back from your life and look at actually what you have. Look at your beautiful family. Look at just all the different things that a decade ago or even like as college students or high school students, we would have said, oh, yeah, if I had all that. Oh, my gosh. Like that would that, that sounds amazing. I certainly would. I would be so happy. But because we're just in the grind and just constantly being distracted, we don't we can't like lift our eyes and see that. At yeah, all. I think it's a really that's a really good I think way to approach this is to is to. Go back to your 10 years ago self. How would you have yeah. viewed where you like ended going up? Going back in time. And- I have to do that all the time because when I start to think, oh, man, like I'm, I'm doing okay, uh, I look back and I'm like, dude, 20, 29-year-old <laughs> Joel would have killed for this this yeah. situation. Like literally you know? 29-year-old Joel probably wouldn't have believed you. Right. you like, that's not possible. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I, can't, um, I can't do that by just talking into a microphone. <laughs> right. <laughs> and just, yeah, you know, loving my kids. I mean, just a great life that we yeah. built here. And I know not everybody has what well, we have, but guess what? There's a whole lot of people who have a lot going back to this Bloomberg study you pointed out that just don't believe that they do even though objectively they do right and I think the other thing about social media it's it is some of that that is a a tug at like oh here's what you don't have but the other part is we amplify the the angriest most divisive voices and because of that it leads us to think that things are worse in our society than they actually are when you walk down the extreme nature of social media when you walk down your street when you talk to your friends and neighbors you probably don't get any of that junk everyone seems so balanced yeah no we're just (laughs) yeah we're just in tune though way too much to the kind of internet side of things and and the most divisive voices that if we just get out, out there in the real world uh, it'll probably cleanse us of a lot of that those feelings that things are worse than they actually are totally agree you know so i, I was just thinking about how like again we're just distracted by everything it makes me think of the new apple goggles the, yeah. uh, the vision pro and i'm like got, I'm, my, got myself three pairs <laughs> yeah please like um, <laughs> they're and, worth more than my car initially man. i was like this so stupid but then you start seeing some folks like post reviews and they're like oh my gosh this is so amazing and there is a temptation to get sucked into that because it is amazing, like what they're able to accomplish. But dude, this herein lies another distraction, literally that keeps your eyes off of real life. Mm-hmm. And so not only is our attention being robbed, but yeah, they're actually they cost a lot of money. It's just like four thousand dollars. Yeah, thirty five hundred, uh, I think. Yeah, you can end up in a whole lot of debt trying to find yourself on the bleeding edge of the adoption curve. Yeah, maybe wait till like version four, uh, and even then, I don't know. <laughs> maybe real life has more appeal. Uh, all right, let's talk about money stress, Matt, because that impacts our lives in ways that go beyond just our budgets. And and so for people who are actually maybe not doing as well as they'd like to be doing. Th- that money stress can hang over your head. Or if you're just spending more than you make, if you don't have great money habits, it... it the, the, because you're buying the latest and greatest Apple tech. Right, yeah. <laughs> the, well, those, that money hangover because you're spending more than you make or because you're going into debt uh, can have an impact not just on your finances. And we know this, but actually on your physical and mental and cognition levels too, on your productivity. There's this new study conducted by researchers at uh, the University College of London, and they established a connection between stressful life events and a decline in biological health. They said that individuals facing financial stress were 59% more likely to be in the high-risk group for heart disease, depression, and other illnesses a few years down the road, just like three or four years down the road. And so this is just another confirmation. We've talked about this before, how kind of having a lot of financial stress on your plate can kind of uh, reduce your IQ by something like 12 points. You're like walking through life a little bit dumber because of the stress that's weighing you down mentally. Uh, But it's not just a mental degradation. It's also potential physical side effects of poor money habits and the debt that you've built up. And and so I, I just suggest sometimes the solution is more money, just building up that emergency fund and, and having a budget, knowing where your money is going, ensuring that you're not throwing it away in ways that you aren't 
aren't even aware of, like Matt, potentially those subscriptions that we talk about, right? Most people underestimate the number yep. of dollars that are going towards subscriptions every month. And if they would curb those, hey, they'd have more money in their lives. But you might also need to talk to a professional. Financial therapists are, are worth checking out if you feel chronic money stress. We had our friend Asia Evans on recently. Like That's she, right. She's awesome. And and maybe maybe it's time to talk to a professional if you feel like you're chronically inundated with money stressors that are you know weighing on you heavily, both mentally and physically. That's right, man. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And by the way, we've got much more show to get to. We're not just going to talk about how to how we feel and how we think about money. <laughs> We've got some uh, more maybe practical solid takeaways as well. We're going to talk about what it means to be a, a Costco cheapskate. We'll get to that plus more right after this. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money i'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans we always like to get the families together matt for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer we've already got that trip to saint simon's on the calendar pumped for that but sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. All right, Matt, we're back. Friday Flight continues. Let's uh, let's get to our ludicrous headline of the week. We do this every week. It's always something that we find around the internet that just kind of sounds ridiculous, and we get to pick it apart. Uh, so it's one of my favorite things to do. This, this headline <laughs> comes from CNBC, and the headline said, Why One Expert Called Earned Wage Access Payday Lending on Steroids. 
and you and I, we've talked about this before. It's essentially like uh, it, it's a fancy term for getting paid before you should. Um, yeah. <laughs> and there's apps that will help facilitate this, right? That will that will help you get your paycheck earlier than you otherwise would so yeah you know what i don't want to get paid on friday i want to get paid on tuesday well you can go to um you can go to Ernan, dave bridget there are a bunch of different apps that'll let you do this which getting paid slightly earlier there's not that well what's wrong with that well it's it's the fees that are associated with that's right things. yeah it's not the fact that we're against you getting paid what was it the micropayments uh was it when maybe uber or lyft started doing yeah, that you where can they're cash like, out on the day on like on day. the day as opposed to like waiting for a paycheck in a couple weeks which it's, it's not that it's the fact that you are having to pay for that access. That's right. So I don't mind if you drive for Uber and Uber is not like charging you a fee to get paid early. Well, cool. Take your money that day. That's yeah. fine. Like I don't, it doesn't matter. It's it's the fact that people are paying essentially what equates to payday loan rates yes. to access, yep. access their funds earlier. And these things are growing like gangbusters. Like millions of Americans are getting addicted to payday coming early. And like you said, Matt, there's almost always a, a fee involved. And if you were to extrapolate that fee, these folks would be, really the interest rate would be something in the payday loan region, something in the three to 400% range much of the time. But the reason these apps are able to kind of skirt government regulation is because they operate on a voluntary tipping model. <laughs> and most people are like, cool, you're going to help me get my paycheck early. I'll tip you 10 bucks. But if it's 10 bucks when you're getting 120 bucks and you're just accessing on a, uh, a few days early, this is the kind of thing that can really put people behind the eight ball, especially yeah. low wage earners. Like if you start living on that cycle and needing your money the day you earn it or even before you earn it, this is the opposite of an emergency fund. Yeah. This is the opposite of good financial hygiene. Yeah, yeah. Were there to be an emergency, like we don't want you, like essentially what you're doing is you're reaching into the future and grabbing hold of money from future you. You're like robbing yourself as opposed to like dipping into the money that you already have. There's there's almost like a theological difference here between like reaching and striving versus like resting on something that, <laughs> <laughs> that has already happened, something that you've already done. Uh, but that's... Certainly more of the path that we want you to take. And yeah. not only that, but the money that you do keep aside, you're going to get paid for that because of where interest rates are these days. And, and I think high we, yield savings. we might see more and more employers offer you the ability to get paid closer to when you actually work, closer to the day you earn the check. Yeah, not uh, against that. Yeah, but the the problem is, or do you have, is your money being seasoned, kind of like we talk about with, you need a budget with that app. That's how they talk about yes. it, seasoning your money. If you're dipping into future earnings to pay for current bills, that's a problem. If you're dipping into uh, money you earned last month to pay for bills this month, that's a much it's better a place to be. It's a completely different mindset, yeah. Could not agree anymore, dude. Let's discuss a frugal or cheap, and this actually could have been the ludicrous headline. And by the way, not all ludicrous headlines are headlines we disagree with. Like with the last one, we agree with the fact that it's like yeah. it's like payday loans on steroids. It's like payday loans with like a mask on. It's, it's like a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah. Uh, but this is a story about a woman returning a couch to Costco after two and a half years. And this is one that we uh, vehemently disagree with. She filmed herself and she put this on TikTok, dude. Uh, and in the video, she highlights Costco's generous return policy, which we also love. We also talk about this. Yes. But what she said <laughs> that I didn't love was that you just, can just, just return. Not, not from a schemey, smarmy perspective. No, but just from like, a, this is a good company. Like, literally, yeah. we love Costco. We love how they do business. We talked about couches last week, by the way. This is two weeks in a row talking about couches. What was couches. last week? That was the garbage couches. The uh, oh. This couch, it turns out there, there wasn't issues. This thing the wasn't falling furniture. apart or That's anything right. like that. No, no. She, she, she wanted to return it because she just didn't like the color anymore, I think is what she said. And, dude, that is just not in the spirit of Costco's return policy. And granted, this is something 
that you can do, but that doesn't make it right. It definitely falls into the cheap category, borders on unethical. And in her video, she's saying that, like, I don't even uh, haven't returned it yet, and I'm nervous, and I don't know why I'm nervous. I know why you're nervous because you feel bad about what you're about to do. That's called your conscious. Your Jimmy Cricket conscience is speaking yeah. to you, and you should have listened to it. Yeah. As opposed to, man, yeah, looking like a fool and just taking advantage of a generous return policy. That's I hate right. It. I hate it. Yeah, and, and and Costco has that generous return policy because they trust their members to use it honestly and not abuse it. But every once in a while, one of these stories comes up. There's people returning like used tires years after the fact um, because, and I think, I don't know if Costco still accepts that or not, but I, fortunately, almost nobody does this, except yeah. for this lady on TikTok, right? And so, um, and, then the, and the fact that she did, did it so brazenly right. and filmed it as well, that like that's the part that, ugh, it's like, I don't know what's worse. The fact that someone might do it like sneakily and just be like, okay, I'm just going to publicize it. Or the fact that she just felt the the brashness to go through with this like on social media and she's doing it for the for the likes and the views too. Yeah. Obviously. Probably. Well, and, and Costco had to mend its electronics return policy years ago and reduce the return window to 90 days because of the way folks were abusing yeah. it. They were taking a... a for a, a computer upgrade. Yeah. The eight-year-old <laughs> computer. And guess what? Guess what goes down in, in price over time? Computers, right? And so the, the eight-year-old computer was you probably paid five thousand bucks for it, and now the laptop's seven or eight hundred bucks, and so you're like, give me my five grand back, and I'm gonna buy this thing. It's eight hundred bucks. That's far superior to the thing I just had. And so, yeah, I, it's the truth is, if Costco members pulled stunts like this regularly, Costco would have to make uh, their fantastic return policy yes. far more meager. They would have to roll it back for everybody. Yeah, which sucks, right? So, Costco is a good company. This lady on TikTok, sorry, you're abusing generous policies. And it's not cool. We won't stand for it. Yeah. Not, and, that, not that I'm going to make a citizen's arrest well, or anything. Well, but Like, while it is allowed, the reason we're talking about it is because we don't want this to become commonplace. Because, yes, you're going to ruin, you're going to spoil the party for yeah. everybody if people are out. It's, it's like when L.L. Bean started, when they stopped doing their lifetime guarantee. Because yeah. that's what, everybody started tape bringing back stuff that was like decades old. Like, people were even or going to buy the stuff at the thrift, thrift store, store yeah. and bringing that back. Yeah, trying to exchange it. Also, not in the spirit of the policy. No. And look what happened with them. Yeah. Another great company. And they ended that policy. Do you know you can return food at Costco too? Have you ever re- returned food? Yeah, just something that was like went bad really quickly, or yeah. uh, we have returned like one thing that my kids just found okay. disgusting. But I'm going to share something because we rarely, yeah, rarely do that, and it's no problem too. Well, like if you accidentally buy something, I guess, like if you get a um, like a non-perishable, no, it's no problem. They'll return it, see that it's sealed. They'll even put it back out on the floor. But if you return perishable foods, they they have to toss that out. Uh-huh. And I actually learned this the hard way. So I was picking up some food, um, it was some steaks. And when I got back in the car, uh, I checked in with Kate and she was like, oh, I already got that. And it's not like these steaks were on sale or anything. So I was like, oh, well, no big deal. I'm already here. I'll, I'll just return it. No harm, no foul. Um, and so I did feel a little weird because I'm like, oh, how is this going to work? And she didn't ask any major questions. She was like, anything wrong with it? I was like, no, I just miscommunication with my wife, returned it. She credited my account. And as I was turning to leave, she's like, you know that we, we have to like toss these out because they're perishable. And once they leave Aww. the building, dude, I felt so bad. Like I was like, literally, I mean, I was horrified. I, f- I almost like tried to buy them back <laughs> because they're going to have to toss those. But I didn't know that. Like, even though it had never been opened, they can't resell the item. And so I told her, I was like, man, there's nothing wrong with this. I didn't know that. I hope somebody here, what can one of y'all take it home for free? <laughs> because they're good steaks, they're ribeyes. But I just didn't know. So I share that somewhat embarrassing story. You wouldn't do that again now. No, yeah, I'm not going to do it again, ever. Well, dude, you know how I am with 
food waste and leftovers. Again, I was horrified, and I'm a little embarrassed even sharing the story. <laughs> but I want everybody else out there to know. Because no, we want Costco to stick around, you know? Yeah, for sure. We do. We love Costco. <laughs> to not get destroyed by idiots like me, unknowingly, or folks who are Random trying to take advantage of the company. On TikTok. All right, let's talk about car insurance, and uh, let's talk about what happens when auto insurance rates go up. Well, what happens is more drivers opt to forgo coverage altogether, which is not a good thing. Um, and it's certainly not something we suggest, but it's also kind of the reality on the ground. Rates have risen substantially in recent years. And we've talked about this on the show, largely because of how complex cars have become. I'm thinking electric vehicles right now, right, Matt? Sure. Electric vehicle rates, uh, car insurance rates have gone through the roof because, well, hey, that thing gets in an accident and the whole battery pack needs to be replaced. That's a really expensive repair. And even just like the nav systems that go into yes. these cars. I mean, they, they are computers on right. wheels. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're more expensive to fix than they were 10 or 15 years ago, for Definitely. sure. And part of that's just inflation, too. And then J.D. Power, uh, they just found that there are more uninsured drivers because of rising premiums. Roughly 6% of folks on the road now are illegally driving with no insurance. Uh, that's the national average. Matt, don't go to Mississippi. 30% of folks in Mississippi are riding without insurance. I didn't make that up. That's literally J.D. Power, okay? That's some, that's some shade you're throwing. Not trying to hate our... on my Mississippi brethren, okay? <laughs> I visit Mississippi on the reg. like that place. Uh, but what does this mean for you? Well, there's even more of a need for you to have sufficient coverage. Yep. And make sure you have uninsured motorist protection while you're at it. It's not required in every state, actually. I thought it was, but it's not. And it might feel annoying to pay for more coverage to like insure yourself against other idiots that don't have coverage or something like that, but the protection is is even more necessary now. So, yeah, I, it's... it's yep. we, that, that includes, like, hit and runs as well, because guess what? If somebody right. hits you and it's their fault and they don't have insurance because it got too expensive, so they dropped it, they're going to take off. Yeah. <laughs> and that's... And uninsured motorist coverage covers that, even if the person's no longer there. And the chances that you get left in the lurch are higher than they've been in a long time because of Makes these sense. rising costs. By the way, can I... I'll just tell a personal story about my me saving on car insurance recently. I noticed I went back in and looked at... at uh, I'm, I'm with Liberty Mutual, so I've been with them for, for a while. And I, I was, like, shocked at how much my, my car insurance recently went up. Mm-hmm. But I was, I was watching your kids. I was babysitting at your house. And I was uh-huh. like, how am I going to be productive? tonight, I'm going to find ways to slash this car insurance yeah, amount boy. that I pay. And I saved myself 600 bucks a year in Ooh. just a couple hours. One uh, was, and did this you, is... Did you end up hopping to a different provider or did you talk I, to them? I stayed put. I talked okay. to them and there was a couple of things that had rolled off my account that had been discounts. Ooh, some discounts. Yeah. Like what? Okay. So there's one that almost nobody talks about and nobody really references, which is taking a defensive driving course. And so I literally, on my phone, not even on a laptop, took this defensive driving course, paid 25 bucks to save 400 okay? What? Yeah, Wait, but you, 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 400 for three years, so it's going to be a $1,200 savings. So you did that while you were, while we were out, out on our date night? That's right. Oh, shut up. Oh, yeah. that's, so, that's great. And so it took me about 45 <laughs> minutes to complete this, what they call a six-hour course, but I'm speedy. Um, and so <laughs> so I did that. and then, But not while he's driving, everyone. No, not while I was driving. I was sitting on a couch. But that is one no, of those- no, speedy, not while you're speed driving your vehicle. You're yeah. speedy. Because that, is, that, is that, what, would, that would be the opposite okay. uh, when it comes to insurance. Well, the other thing- Is that your other discount? Well, that's the other discount. Is no citation? They're tracking my driving now for 90 days. Oh, dude. Uh, I will 100% let my insurer track me yeah. if, that, if that leads to you a discount. You get an immediate 10% discount. And then after 90 days, somewhere between an additional 5 and 30% discount. So nice. I'm already saving 600 bucks a year, and I might save even, even more. more. Um, that but, being said, don't pull in behind Joel when you're in traffic, because he can be driving slow. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> slow to accelerate, slow um, to brake, baby. <laughs> I'm granny driving hard right now. But that, those are just like, honestly, really low-hanging fruit uh-huh. that can save you a bunch of money in no time. I need to do that. Uh, all right, everyone. You know we like credit cards. 
you know that we like earning the rewards that come along with using them wisely and wisely actually being the keyword here. But we try to convey the downsides of credit cards as well. We try to shoot straight. We try to we try to give both sides of the stories. And 50% of Americans, they do not pay their bill on time and in full. And because of that credit card debt, it's wrecking havoc on their financial life. It's obviously a problem. We try to paint the full picture, the pros and the cons of credit cards. But there's another con that we should discuss as well. And that's actually redeeming travel rewards because earning those points, it can be exciting. You kind of hit those thresholds. It kind of feels like you're playing a game. But spending the points that you've accrued, that can uh, evidently be downright frustrating to some folks. Yeah, I guess it depends what credit card you have and what you're trying to redeem those points for. That is why some people do prefer, I think, Matt, the, the cashback cards, just general 2% on everything automatically That's hits your I, statement credit yeah. or something. Historically, I've always been just a flat cashback kind of person. Yeah. Except for the fact that we're now entering a stage of life where we can travel more. And if you play your cards right, man, pun, <laughs> pun intended there, but if you play your cards right, like there is significant advantage, but yeah. it does take a little little extra legwork. It does. It does. And so you're right. I, I was kind of same, same thing. Like uh, the 2% cash back, why not just go with that one? The Fidelity card is a great one. The City Double Cash. Those are great. Just straight up 2% cash back. If you don't want to think about it beyond those and you don't want to have to like figure out, well, how do you redeem uh, rewards to optimize them to the fullest? That's probably going to be your best, your best bet. But credit card redemptions can be fraught and the wall street journal had an article about the price discrepancies between booking a flight on a site like google flights or booking it via like a credit card reward portal like chases or Mm -hmm. capital ones right and so yes you, you are using points but the markup on what you'll pay via the credit card portal well it can be can be a good bit higher than what you'd pay uh with cash directly to an airline or hotel if you opted to go that route instead which essentially makes those rewards less valuable than you wanted them to be, than you hoped they would be. And so um, I think it's a good idea when you're booking a vacation, when you're booking a hotel or a flight via a credit card portal, always check the cash price on other sites too to see what the difference is. Because I haven't typically, Matt, on my own, found a massive disparity between the price of a hotel on the credit card rewards portals versus booking them directly. I always do look to see. Yeah, same thing with flights. But just check, right? And, and and if there is a big discrepancy, maybe you do pay cash on this occasion or use that credit card to gain even more rewards when you're making that purchase. But And then maybe just wait to use your points until the credit card portal is offering a better rate on your next trip. But it's just something to watch out for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. W- look for the good deals. Don't wait too long, though, because don't forget that airlines can devalue points, potentially. I was, I was actually talking to a buddy There's at the gym. There's inflation on that, too. Yes. Yeah. Like, I was talking to a buddy at the gym, and he's got, he's got like an insane number of points that he has set aside in his words. He said, they're just bacon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, well, you want to be careful because they inflation is real when it comes to the points in these airlines. They're like banks who are issuing their own currency, and they can just change the value of those points, like on a whim. Was mm-hmm. it last year that United... Uh, Delta e- too, right? Delta, and they increased the number of points required to redeem, uh, I think it was specifically those international flights. Um, but that's something that they can... Obviously, they're not going to do it like an egregious amount because then they're going to really upset their customers. But that is something that does happen over time. So just keep that in mind as well. Generally speaking, better to, to use them. Smoke them if you got them. Yeah, uh, is yeah, yeah. Like the kids say. If you uh, <laughs> overbake it, it's, it's going to get dried out and nasty, right? And so, yeah, you want to use those use those points. You don't have to use them immediately, but you definitely want to be looking for opportunities to use the points you've earned. And the longer, yeah, when I talk to people, Matt, who are like, I've just built up a just massive reservoir. It's like, yeah, no, you want to start using them. Yeah. For sure. Uh, or they're not going to go bad, but they're going to sour just a little. Yeah, instead of, yeah, I can't believe I said what I said earlier. Use it or lose it. How about that? Is <laughs> there that you better? Go. <laughs> there you go. We're not, 
We're not Gen Z. We're not that cool. Uh, all right, Matt, that's going to do it for this episode. We'll have links to everything we mentioned, the stories that we mentioned up in our show notes at howtomoney.com. And if you haven't signed up for the How to Money newsletter, go check that out, howtomoney.com slash newsletter. Chock full of good information in an accessible format. So That's right, man. Please, please do sign up. And we'll see you back here on Monday uh, with a fresh Ask How to Money episode. So, buddy, that's going to be it for this one. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work.